Hello there and welcome to the Last Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz like this. No, tomorrow, my name is Tom and as always, I'm joined my poke, po- my co-host. No, I almost had it, my co-host, uh, John. It's, it's been a while. It's been yeah, a while. It, it has yes. it's been a couple of weeks for us. Yes. Hello How there. How are you? Hello there, uh, General Kenobi. Uh, General Kenobi. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm doing great. Just uh, excited to be uh, on the podcast again, you know, just finally relax. Yeah, just, you know, going to talk all that stuff. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. And uh, yeah. yeah, we definitely do. Just talking about all that good stuff in the sweltering heat as well. It's so hot at the moment, which yes. is amazing. Yes, summer. Yes. <laughs> it's oh like um, I saw a post on Instagram, like there was like a bunch of people protesting. And then one of the signs said, um, when it's over 20 degrees or something, oh, it's hot here. Like, it's from Friday night dinner. Like, mm-hmm. um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the Martin. Actor who died with... Yeah, he's like, he takes off his shirt for no <laughs> reason in Friday night. He's like, oh, it's hot here. <laughs> oh, it's it's scorching. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. He's like that. He's like that. I was, in, I was in London, and that was... Ugh, that was kind of a bit hot because I was wa- walking around in this garden, this Kew garden, mm. um, and it it was very hot. Um, <sighs> but even though it's weird because I wore like a jumper and trousers and everything in Boston and New York, and my mm. family was like, "John, how 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 are you not hot?" I'm like, "Cause Batman." No, I didn't. I didn't say I was Batman, but um, no, I know. I yeah. know you mean. Some, sometimes like wearing long clothes can be like quite refreshing in in the heat it doesn't make any sense but it it, it works yes we're, we're we're just you know like a lot of people just like we're how can men. you do this i'm like it, it's it's <laughs> shut up dog uh sorry there's there's a dog oh god damn it i, I hear that i hear the dog very very quietly so today we're going to be talking about Ryan and the Last Dragon, latest uh, Disney release, just come on Disney Plus uh, and yes. in the UK. And we'll be talking about episode five and six of The Bad Batch. We didn't talk about episode five last week, so we're going to be doing it this week. And of course, we've got loads of um, news and viewing and, and all of, all all the stuffs. So, you know, jump around in the time codes in the description and we'll get it started with, we got an Eternals trailer, our very first proper trailer for the Eternals. Obviously, we got like yes. the first kind of look, but this is a full trailer what did you think this um this looks very very interesting because mm. it looks brand new and you know refreshing to see because i feel like uh with all the other uh marvel trailers except uh shang chi uh you know they look a bit oversaturated but this this looks you know refreshing to see you know like different casts uh, uh people like different actors and you know i I really don't know what the Eternals are. and No, I don't know anything about them, really. Yeah, because this, I'm just like, oh, right, this this is going to be interesting. So I'm very interested to see um, what Chloe Zhao, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the director of Nomadland, who is directing this, and this looks really good. Um, well, we, we yeah. spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. We discussed the first kind of brief look that we got of the film, and, and immediately... Chloe Zhao is bringing some amazing cinematography. You know, the visuals here are so intriguing. You know, obviously we're not, it's not all CGI. We're getting so many new sets and locations and the lighting and the, you know, all the all the elements of mise-en-scene are coming together in, in what I think, this doesn't look like a Marvel film and, I'm, and I love it. 
you know like it doesn't yeah. look like what we've come to expect in in the same sort of way as guardians of the galaxy came onto the scene in 2014 and was just like totally new this feels totally new and that yeah is exciting yeah i like that like you know different directors doing uh, uh everything as well so i'm very very uh looking forward to this because it's going to be refreshing and it's going to be focused on you know the aftermath of um the death of tony stark mm. and the disappearance of um captain america yeah so yeah. uh yeah well, that's very... that, that is interesting but i think i'm more excited because obviously they kind of talk about how the eternals have been on the planet for a while i think i'm more excited about you know going into the past exploring what this universe looked like in the you know times before technology because you know the kind of the the earliest we've gone unless you count flashbacks in the thor films the earliest you've gone is kind of like the 1930s so i, I think yeah. i think i would really like the opportunity to explore some you know like medieval stuff that that sounds like a really interesting prospect yeah and see like how they developed uh like throughout the um marvel marvel years you know like uh from world war one to present day you know no world war two yeah to all of that and see you know did they do anything or did they just stay there? Just like, yeah. Hmm, yes. Well, yes, we need, a, we need an Paris. excuse because like, you know, they already did Captain Marvel where it's like, oh, why didn't Nick Fury call Captain Marvel, you know, any, any time before Infinity War? And it's like, I feel like we really need a good excuse as to why, you know, the Eternals didn't like intervene uh, in any of the yeah. Avengers conflicts, you know? Yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting I, I, I bet it's gonna be an interesting excuse maybe definitely uh yeah so uh um, i mean the future of marvel is bright you know yes like i'm bright. not that excited for black widow or loki to be honest but everything after that you know shang chi eternal spider-man you know miss marvel hawkeye doc strange yeah. Thor, all that stuff is so much more intriguing to me and it, it it just feels like we're going in new directions and giving you know creators more kind of time to express themselves. And I think that's how, that is just ah, it's just such a cool concept. And I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for it as well. So yeah, the the the, the future of Marvel's bright. Yeah, we'll see. It definitely is. Coming. Yes. But another trailer that we got this week was our long-awaited trailer for uh, Edgar yes. Wright's new film, Last Night in Soho. So his sixth film, I am this, this, oh my God, this looks awesome. This looks, yeah, this, so, this looks great. Uh, this is totally new because, you know, uh, if uh, anyone who is a uh, Knesso trilogy fan or mm. um, all the other films that made like Scott Pilgrim, Baby Driver mm. and all of that, all of that jazz. Space. Uh, yeah, space. And this, oh my God, this is just so weird to watch but also just like wow he's making this like it just looks not edgar wright but also it's a horror film so yeah this is unlike anything that you've ever seen him kind of tackle before you know obviously this is just like the trailer but you've got you know what seems to be a much darker tone you know a much more somber feel but it has some really interesting like the editing in this trailer alone, there's a specific scene, you know, I guess the trailer kind of insinuates that 
you know, Anya Taylor-Joy and Thomas and Mackenzie's characters are one and the same in some capacity. And there is a shot in this trailer where it's Matt Smith dancing with Anya Taylor-Joy and she kind of spins around and becomes Thomas and Mackenzie in one shot. Do you know that, what I mean? That, That's, that looks, yeah, it, that's it's insane. Cool. How is that even a thing? I don't even know. That's incredible. And I, I think what I wow. love the most about Edgar Wright is his editing. I think his editing is on point yes. in every yes. single one of his films. Yes. And I, I do want to see how it progresses. Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz is a great example of his editing because like, it's so quick, but also it's like gives us like a, a smooth transition to scene to scene. And it's great. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the way that he does these kind of like whip pans are like really just... Ah, that, it just sounds so cool. Yeah, I, I'm very looking forward to this. When is it coming out? Like October? Yeah, this is, this is um, October 20-something. Let me have a look. Um, I've lost it, John. It's gone. Oh, no. Oh, it's gone no. forever. Oh, no. Yeah, no, uh, yeah it's... Uh, so in the UK, it's October 29th. Right. So just okay. actually a week after the French Dispatch is supposed to be coming out, which is the next Wes Anderson film. So that's two amazing directors with their next films uh, within the week of each other. Yeah. Uh, so that just looks nothing what Edgar Wright like, possibly can imagine. But this, this, it just looks like a very good horror film. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very, very looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think each film that he's done, you know, they they've all had, you know, this th- connection of action and um, and comedy. You know, they're all really funny, and they all have, you know, some great action in them. So the thing about this one is, it doesn't look like it's going for the laugh. It doesn't look like it's going for the action. It looks like it's going purely for the horror and the, you know, the spectacle of it. And I think that's. It's just so fun to see directors kind of yeah, and it has a really cool things. um yeah, it has a really cool concept uh down mm. in thing and it just looks insane. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm down for it. Yeah, yeah. Me yeah. too. Me too. I cannot cannot wait. Now um, I guess this next piece kind of like goes into the into the business side of filmmaking. Amazon has actually bought MGM. Uh, obviously the big uh, studio for uh, 8.5 billion dollars and in doing so Amazon now have have uh, acquired the rights to James Bond, Lord of the Rings, Tomb Raider and loads and loads of other franchises so many different kind of characters and 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 such so with this obviously we already have the, the Amazon Lord of the Rings show that we talked about last week but we have a whole load of um prospects for for the future which amazon now has control of so, so what do you think about this obviously we've got as i say we've got we've got a new james bond film we've got a, a lord of the rings show but now amazon has control over all of this so what, what do you think about that 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 that's crazy um like mgm uh who have been like at the very very start of uh cinema yeah they uh, were one of the they were one of the five original yeah, yes, I believe. Yeah, they got Buster Keaton. They got um, mm. all the other uh, famous directors and uh, actors as well. And this, and now Amazon has picked uh, MGN. So I'm wondering what they're gonna do with uh, with the company. So yeah, 
I wonder what they're going to do with Amazon. You know, how, how they're going to, are they going to make more films or are they just going to add them to Amazon? So, well, yeah, I, yeah, I think this is, this, this increases the uh, appeal of Prime. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously Prime's got loads of really good originals. So I think that they can do some really cool stuff of this. But I mean, I guess the big thing on, on my mind is what are they going to do with Bond? You know, Bond, No Time to Die will be the 25th Bond film, Daniel Craig's final film. You know, it's been going for decades and decades and and people are still really interested you know people still kind of flock to the cinema and when you get a good bond film everyone really kind of enjoys it so i'm i'm kind of wondering what where do they go next are they gonna you know reboot it again are they going to continue the same continuity are they going to introduce a female 007 are they going to do spin-offs that that is a that's what's most interesting to me at the moment yeah yeah that's that's interesting so um yeah doing the we're doing it for prime and seeing how that works so uh, are they going to try to i think it's going to attract customers maybe so oh yeah. I, I i agree i think at yeah. the end of the day it's going to be you know warner brothers disney and amazon as like the three big kind of like providers of entertainment you know, maybe Netflix as well. Um, but I think, you know, th- these big companies are, are continuously swallowing up smaller brands. And I guess one day it will just be one. Only one can rule. Who will it? I think it could be Amazon. Who knows? Yeah, Amazon. They're doing a lot of stuff right now, like the Lord of Rings. Oh, I'm my so God. Excited. They're doing the Lord of Rings. So, yeah, I'm very looking forward to that as well. Me uh, too. Yeah. 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 So... Now, not Amazon, but Sony. Sony have cast Craven the Hunter in their film that's going to be coming out in uh, 2023. Um, and they have cast Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is no stranger to the superhero genre. He played Kick-Ass. He played uh, Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Um, and so he will be now be taking up the reins of Craven the Hunter. So obviously this is um, one of the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters films, or Spunk, as people like to call it. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the S P U M C Spunk. Um, I've never heard that abbreviation before. What? Uh, no, you must have. Wait, I've never. I don't. I, well, the way that you said it, I can't even recall anything. But if I see it on. <laughs> Like on words or something like oh right, this is okay, this is this is the name that they're using for like Venom and Morbius and all these films they're planning to make. So I think they're gonna do like Silk, maybe Silver Sable, Black Cat. They're they're kind of building their own kind of corner of the Spider-Verse. Um and yeah, so the next film that's coming is is Craven the Hunter. Uh, well, not the next film, but one of the films that is coming is Craven the Hunter with Aaron Taylor Johnson. So what do you think of this film? What do you think of this casting? What are your thoughts? This? Um, I I was, I don't know, because, like, we know uh, Taylor Johnson's been in very, uh, in a lot of superhero stuff. But this, mm. Craven the Hunter, uh, this is going to be, like, a very serious role, Um and this, uh, to you as well, like there, uh, there's a graphic novel with Spider-Man and Craven the Hunter. Are they going to do that? Maybe, possibly, but right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so I, I remember. Obviously, now we know that Spider-Man: No Way Home is going to be 
multiverse and all of that. But when when I, I remember as soon as I came out of Far From Home and obviously the big spoilers, the big kind of um, reveal that everyone knows Peter Parker's identity, my first thought was, oh my God, I really hope they do Craven's Last Hunt. And I think that is the definitive Craven the Hunter story. You know, Craven. If you haven't read the comic, you really should. And I won't spoil it, but, you know, it's Craven, you know, kind of at the end of the line, kind of thinking, I'm going to probably go after Spider-Man. And and, and the, the events that unfold, you know, are, you know, it, it, it's the perfect setup for a film, I think. Um, and I don't know if they would do that in a Craven the Hunter film or in a Spider-Man film. Maybe they want to set up Craven and use him later on. But also, are they setting up the Sinister Six here? You know, you could have a Sinister Six that consists of yeah. Vulture, yeah. Mysterio, Craven, Venom, Morbius, I don't know, Shocker. Like, they have obviously since Amazing Spider-Man 2, Sony have wanted to do a Sinister Six, you know, something, with even a Sinister Six film planned at one point. So this could be building towards something. You know, who, who knows? Yeah, this is going to be... Yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued and see what Me they're too. doing. But, uh, but Spider-Man three, I'm, I'm still not looking forward to it because mm. it's gonna mm. ruin some character developments, yeah. uh, character arcs. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit cluttered. Uh, it sounds dangerous. Um, however, dangerous. um, I'm I'm excited to rewatch the Spider-Man films because <laughs> we'll definitely oh, do, really? we'll definitely we'll definitely rewatch the Spider-Man films for the podcast. We'll do yeah. all all seven of them, the Raimi films, the Amazing Spider-Man films, the MCU films. And i got to say, I'm excited. You'll hear in the viewing, I've been watching some Spider-Man this week, and I'm so excited. Yeah. Ooh, right, films. yeah. yeah. You'll, uh, here's a little tease for the viewing later on. Ooh, uh, but um, yeah, i got to watch those again. I Well, recently, like in April or March, I don't know, um, I watched the whole... Uh, like the most important MCU films with my sister. And yes. she was like, yeah, this is great. This is great. Yes. Yes. And I introduced her to uh, DC EU and mm. she was like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I, 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 uh, I haven't watched a Marvel film in so long. Obviously there's been um, the Marvel shows and stuff, but like I do, I find myself wanting to watch them, you know, but like, knowing that i'll i'll get tired you know like when i watched the x-men films i did get tired halfway through and was just like it took me ages to but in between last stand and the wolverine to kind of pick it back up yeah 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 um but so yeah speaking of uh dc uh we got our first look and albeit a brief look at the michael keaton batman suit in the flash have you seen this Yes, this. this oh boy, go on. I, 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 I have a lot of questions. I have a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of questions. This is so, this, so for those of you who don't know, um, I'll make a note to put it on the um, to, to put it on the screen, but it's uh, basically an image of the bat symbol with a blood splatter on it, very similar. A lot of people have pointed out to the blood splatter on the comedian's badge in Watchman. Yes, the smiley badge. Yes. Is that yeah, the smiley badge. And this, I'm wondering, they are going to do, are they going to connect other universes? They could or, do. They could do the button. They could go do Doomsday Clock-esque thing. They got, they, I, I think they could do the, the button and Flashpoint because 
this is a Flashpoint film, remember? And in the button, uh, Batman and Flash, uh, they are trying to investigate what the smiley button is. Where does mm. it come from? So that that is interesting. But also, um, you know, I've seen a lot of people draw a comparison to a scene in the Flashpoint um, kind of comic where Flashpoint Batman, Thomas Wayne, is like brutally beaten up by reverse flash and obviously this is a yeah. flash film could this be that we get to see reverse flash i mean ages ago there was loads of casting rumors you know michael fassbender loads of other people were kind of you know rumored to be playing eobard thorn and my burning question is you know are we now going to see you know thorn kill barry's mother are we going to see that whole origin story are we going to see thorn you know go toast over batman i mean this is this is insane. Like this, like the prospects. This are incredible. This, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I just don't know what to say. It just sounds from the look of that. It's just gonna be like, wow, this, this is gonna be a bit crazy because there's gonna be other Batman, Batman, Batman in, Batman. in this film. Yes, yeah. Affleck's yes. back. Yes, yeah. Obviously, if, if you watched our um, the, uh, our episode a couple of weeks ago, we talked about. Uh, three weeks ago, that's mad. We talked about um, our favorite comic book costumes and we did discuss Batman costumes. And I didn't say in the video, but I do love the Batman Returns suit. It's a really, really, it, it's a, I love the Batman 89 suit, but the Batman Returns one is a refinement of that. You know, it's sleeker, it's it's wonderful. And, and I like the idea that we're going to see it again. Uh, it might be different. I don't know, but I think that sounds really cool. Yeah. So, ah. Uh... I'm just I'm just looking at it now. It's just like, oh, like yeah. The suit, it's just like um it's old. And I'm wondering if I, I don't know, it just looks really cool. It just looks it really good. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously Andy Muschietti has been um, you know, he directed the like it films, and so like he has a horror background. So I'm wondering, you know, will we get to see some of his kind of horror stuff come to fruition in here? You know, a lot of DC directors have done horror things before. You know, James Wan specifically brought a a horror kind of sequence to Aquaman with the trench and all that. So that that is just so many prospects and I'm so excited. Yeah, um, I'm just comparing to the thing. It it is quite similar, yeah, very similar to uh, the blood spatter. Yeah, on the badge. Um, mm. Yeah, with Andy, Andy, is it Andy? Is it Andy? Andy, Andy Muschietti, I think. Yeah, Muschietti. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, recently, I was watching like the kill count for for the It films, mm. and there, and then uh, the guy who, uh, what this this is a channel called Dead Meat, and mm-hmm. they go all the stuff in horror films, and as a fan of not watching horror films, this is really interesting to watch because. I'm uh, I'm very intrigued what horror films do or uh, what what you know what the conventions are. But this guy uh, James A. Denise, he goes through everything. He goes through the producing. He goes through like uh, the makeup and prosthetics, and the, he goes through the uh, directors. They go through like what they do and like uh, they, they go through interviews, and it's just so informative and. And it was really uh, interesting to learn about like Andy Muschietti in the um, it films, like how he was he inspired 
by you know how to um you know how to film it and he was just like yeah i'm a massive fan of stephen king's book so i'm very very uh, uh intrigued of how he's going to do like a transition from horror to sci-fi uh, or fantasy you know comic books yeah so, yeah yeah this is looks interesting yeah yeah i agree and another uh i'll find a piece of news which is another comic book thing we've got uh some casting for spider-verse 2 so um Issa ray uh, who was in the hate you give uh, has been cast as spider woman so jessica grew jessica drew sorry another uh you know incarnation of um spider-man from the multiverse uh confirming you know that we are really kind of digging into the into the meat of the multiverse here you know um we're getting we're not just getting more spider people, but we're kind of exploring um, because Jessica Drew has had a lot of kind of um, origins in the comics. So maybe we're going to see like multiple inter- iterations of her, you know, Spider-Verse. I think this, this film's slated for December next year. So what are you, um, what are you thinking of this? Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad about this because, you know, we didn't, yeah, we haven't seen like a, a Spider Woman, you know, uh, you know, in any of the Spider Man stuff, you know, you know, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. So this, this is going to be really interesting to see. Um, yeah, we, I, th- I think you know we've had, we've had obviously we had Spider Gwen and we had Penny Parker. Yeah, but we yeah. haven't had exactly like a mirror image of of Peter Parker in the same way that you know Spider Man. Uh, Peter B. Parker and, you know, Spider-Man and Miles universe were like, in a way, like, you know, so similar. And I think Jessica Drew is that kind of bridge, whereas the other are more radical differences. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And there's other people that were uh, like speculating that what if they're going to attribute to the uh, 60s voice actor? So, Mm. uh, uh, of spider spider woman apparently so well yeah. you know they, they've already in the post credit scene of spider verse they did do that kind of whole you know uh two spider-man meme uh they they kind of did a little throwback to that and obviously we do have oscar isaac as spider-man 2099 so i wonder whether this film will the plot will revolve revolve around you know miguel o'hara uh kind of looking through the multiverse uh for all the different spider people as hinted at by the end credit scene of the first film that would be really cool, I think. Yeah, I'm maybe uh, you know, uh, Oscar Isaac Spider-Man, uh, maybe you know, like goes through different multiverses, you know, to pick different Spider-Man to to be suited for something. You know, this could be really, really cool, maybe, but I don't know. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, anything is possible in Spider-Verse. In Spider-Verse, yes. So. Uh, that's the news and without further ado let's move on to a bad batch episode five so in this episode we kind of got to see the the batch taking on their first official mercenary mission um in which they had to rescue a child what did you what did you think of this episode um yeah this is uh uh, a good episode because you know you see the uh, development of like um omega trying to work with the bad batch you know mm. like she remembered the the rules and you know like there's a lot of character development you know to see how, what she's doing uh and yeah and another thing that really 
uh, was surprising. Well, what was the uh, big, big feature that was the rancor? Yes, the rancor. That 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 was that rancor looked a bit different, didn't it? Well, it's a baby rancor, so I oh, think baby. I think the idea. This isn't official like canon because it has a different name to the rancor, but I think the idea is that you know the creators are kind of thinking that's the same rancor that Luke encounters at Jabba's palace in um, Return of Jedi. Uh, obviously yeah. that, that rancor is a lot bigger because it's a lot older and obviously you got to see Bib Fortuna at the end um, I really like the idea of you know the different you know they kind of they're seeing a new perspective you know the 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 girl that they're that they, the child they're trying to uh, save isn't you know like this this helpless girl it's actually like a big scary rancor you know they aren't soldiers anymore they are now mercenaries and they have to kind of abide by a whole different set of rules and that that's that's an interesting prospect because you know this show is about them kind of adapting to survive in in this new world and and you see that you see that you know they aren't used to taking this kind of you know the, taking money for this kind of job and, and not exactly playing it as you would uh, in the Clone Wars and and I agree with you you know seeing Omega kind of learn maybe sometimes learning the wrong lessons is interesting you know in a similar way to Again, similar to the Mandalorian, Grogu might be learning the wrong lessons of becoming a bit more violent than you would kind of hope him to be. Yeah, uh, I mostly forgot about what happened in the episode, but I do. Remember yeah, me that. too. No, yeah, I haven't seen the episode like a week ago. Yeah, yeah, a week ago. Yeah, um, but uh, what else? They uh, we got introduced by Sid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> when when they when they um when they introduced Sid, I just remembered you know in Toy Story when 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 Wood and uh Wood Buzz Buzz and Woody. Wood <laughs> well, you know when you know Buzz and Bud and Woozy, but um <laughs> Bud and Woozy, when, yeah, yeah. When when Buzz and, when Buzz and Woody, I'm, I can't. I'm not saying that one more time. When they're inside the um the crane thing in uh yeah. in 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 pizza planet and woody just <laughs> says oh no it's sid i just imagine that like when when they see sid for the first time <laughs> <laughs> that was too much to get through that just for that little joke oh, sid! oh it's sid um uh, but yeah well, so it's really interesting to see like you know again other corners of the galaxy Ord mantel was referenced all the way back in empire strikes back at the beginning it's just interesting to see like these these different corners of of the galaxy that we haven't seen even in Clone Wars. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, what else? Um, it's gonna be uh, interesting because you know uh, we know um, this week episode. Um, you know they're trying to co- cooperate with um, with Sid, and you know uh, we'll get that to them in a bit. I can't remember what really exactly happened last week. Um, no, we the, know that the, the thing is, all the whenever it's like about the empire and the empire taking control, it's a lot more memorable and it's a lot more interesting to me. But but these other episodes, they are developing the characters and all that, but it's not half as intriguing, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um... I think what is interesting though is Sid knows something's up with the Bad Batch. You know, they know that they're running away. So I wonder if Sid will betray them at some point. 
because I yeah. think that, that feels like that's in the nature of, of their character. Yeah, I, I thought the episode was a bit like a bit action packed, but there was not a lot stuff that was memorable. Uh, yeah, it feels like it feels like the week before, you know. Fennec Shand is cool and put some cool stuff, but it is a lot of action, you know. You, you're getting mostly action, not as much kind of character. Um, there are obviously small moments, um, but I would like more. I'm not gonna lie, and longer episodes as well. I feel like you give longer episodes, you could just expand on what we already have. Yeah, but I thought this is a good episode to see, you know, Omega Shine, you know, helping the Bad Batch, you know. Oh, definitely. Wait, yeah, yeah. When's yeah, she gonna I... get armor? Now I know that I know they're not in Camino anymore, but she needs armor, man. She's just a child yeah, in a war she's zone. She's helpless. She can't she's... do anything. She's like, hello there, and then she she, she can't do anything. Now she's, she's got a bow and arrow, and she's then, just like... wearing like a little tunic. It's like you gotta like give her a helmet or something, you know? Like who cares? Just like the bad batch has got like bulletproof everything, <laughs> not bulletproof, laser proof everything. Just like. Yeah, yeah, they got the coolest, like, like all like individual, and she's there in her little like coat, like just you know in a battlefield, like oh tick, like what what's happening? Come on, they got to look out for her a little bit yeah. more. Um, and and hey, you know Sid does have some uh some like clone armor in her uh like office, so maybe maybe she will get a suit, maybe 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 I think uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know what to talk about this episode. I, I just well let's let's move on to this week's episode. Uh, yeah, which I believe I have a lot was, more to talk about that. Well, yeah. this is called decommissioned. I think decommissioned. Um, yeah, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's. Yeah. I mean, this is. I mean, immediately, I just want to say that we got to see Trace and Rafa, uh, who were in season seven of the Clone Wars. They were part of the Ahsoka arc. Fans hated them. <laughs> So I am very surprised. Really? Yeah, fans hate these characters, man. Uh, to be fair, that Ahsoka arc wasn't the best, especially for the final season in the Clone Wars. But, like, it's interesting to see them back. I think that's cool. Um, so, yeah, what did you think of this episode? Um, yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, okay, so I really like that the, the bow dro- uh, droids were, you know, used again because, you know, like... Yeah. This place was like, you know, to get rid of droids, and mm. we didn't, we, we didn't actually know what happened to the droids, but now we do because you know, mm. we, you know, like they're being destroyed, uh, you know, uh, and it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad there's like the, the bad batch because we can see that transition to you know, like the new, like the, the Senate to the Empire, you know, you can see that, yeah. and you know, because I feel like. Um, if you just watch like episode three and four in one go, you're like, "What the heck?" Some t- everything just changed because you yeah. know it's drastically changed. But at least you have some background that you know, like what we happened uh, with with the bow droids. Uh, Definitely, I, like, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. All all we knew was that you know, um, Anakin shut off, or sorry, Vader shut off the uh, the battle droid production but like was that it did they because obviously in rebels you do see some battle droids survived so it's interesting to see that you know actually the the, you know the battle droids were immediately kind of scrapped corellia as we see in solo corellia is where han comes from and is where a lot of the star destroyers and 80-80s and and you know uh, ships are made uh, and I think, you know, interesting that they're kind of scrapping the droids and really going hard on this kind of new order and uh, not even using the dro- battle droids for simple purposes. Um, I think that's really cool. 
Yeah. Um, but I think the question that hangs in the balance now is why do they why do they need the tactical droids kind of head? Yes. You know, why are so many people different people after it? Obviously, the big question is who is Trace and Rafa working with at the end? Yes. Who is who it? Were, I, I don't know. It could be uh we don't we know it's not um the other it, it can't be uh um Darth Darth not Darth why Darth Maul? No, it's Darth Sidious. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ooh, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's him because otherwise, you know, he'd have the access to that. Yeah, well, it was interesting. I, I, yeah. The droid, the droid they have, they have this droid, um, and he was also in season seven of Clone Wars, uh, and Ahsoka has it in the final episode. So I'm thinking they've definitely spoke to Ahsoka. You know, they've definitely spoken to Ahsoka again. Hence, why they have that droid. Is the person Ahsoka? It could be. Dave Filoni loves having Ahsoka in his stuff. Could be Bail Organa. He's around Mon Mothma. Uh, any of those kind of early rebellion kind of leaders. Saw Gerrera. It's interesting, you know, that the Bad Batch are going to have a bigger role in the future, you know? Like, they're going to become part of something. It feels similar to Rebels, where maybe the Bad Batch will kind of start to um, properly rebel and be part of this rebellion. Uh, oh hey it could be Rex I think that's that's coming at some point you know yeah yeah um, yeah I, I wonder what they're going to work uh, who they're going to work for because you know what you said that they work for Ahsoka in season 7 yeah mm-hmm. and I'm wondering uh, why they would use Baldroid for something else so you know that's going to be interesting and she said mm-hmm. um, there's the there's this group and you, you, you're interested in them. They did say that. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are yeah. loads of already, as you see, as we saw in episode one and three, uh, there's already a lot of um, rebel cells kind of rising. You know, you've got Saw Gerrera's cell, you know, others kind of, kind of, you know, ramping up. So I think that's really interesting that that's going to happen. And also, um, you know, we did get that big... Obviously, there's been this kind of ongoing thing where Wreckers had his head hurt, you know? But now we got this huge moment where Wrecker properly bangs his head. And in doing so, his chip begins to activate. And it was it was like, I was having fun. The episode was, you know, I was kind of like laughing along and stuff. And being like, oh, this is, you know, this is quite cool. Yeah, it's fun, all that. Trace and Rafa are here. And then, like, as soon as, like, Rekka started, like, saying good soldiers follow orders, I was like, oh, no. Oh, God, this is, this is, this is bad. Like, you, like, you know, Rekka's such a, you know, a lovable buffoon. He's such a kind of nice character that seeing him, he could really be a terrifying force to reckon with. And, 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 you know, seeing that he is kind of starting to snap is pretty scary you know like what would he do you know he has so much kind of weight in the batch that he could do loads of like terrifying things you know john's gone you've muted yourself
Hello. Mute. Wait, was I muted the whole time? You muted the whole time. No. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, just um, uh, repeat your thoughts. Right, I'm a bit scared about next week's episode because I, I'm wondering what uh, Wacker um, is going to do, and Omega's yeah. trying to say, "No, please, please don't." It's going to be a bit. It's coming up. Uh, yeah, depression's going to hit hard. You know, <laughs> Wacker's going to. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm a bit scared next week's no, episode. No, yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm hoping not. I'm hoping Wacker will fight this, but. He's he's gonna turn. He's, he's yeah, gonna turn. I, I agree. Well, we've got pretty much. You know, we're coming up on our mid-season point. You know, uh, sixteen episodes. We're coming up on episode eight. Some, I, I think something there'll be something big, kind of in the middle of the season. We haven't seen Crosshair for two, for uh, three episodes. Haven't seen Fennec Shan for a little bit. I wonder. Will this all culminate into one episode where you know Crossbones finds the um, Crossbones? No, Crosshair. I'm I'm going into I'm going into Marvel territory here. Crosshair finds the Bad Batch. You know, Fennec Shan tracks them down. Um, whoever Trace and Rafa are working with uh, maybe tracks them down. Maybe Sid betrays them. Wrecker's chip activates. I think maybe this could happen in some sort of longer episode. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm- yeah, just just a little bit scared. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see next week's episode. Definitely. Uh, yeah. 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 So shall we uh, talk about wait, Ryan? The- oh, you got something else there? Should we, should we wait the, the the two episodes so far? Oh, like that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Go on. I, I'll I'll need to think about it. Uh, tell me your ratings. Uh, the, okay. So the. The episode that we didn't talk about much. I'm gonna give that a six. Uh, yeah, I think I agree. I wouldn't call any many any of these episodes bad, but it's just yeah. forgettable. Not much happens, you know. But at least we saw some character development in that one. And then this next episode, uh, I want to give it in seven or eight. I feel yeah, like that. I agree. I still think episode one is my favorite. You know, I think I'd say episode one is my favorite. Episode five is probably my least favorite. Episode six is somewhere in the middle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm hoping there's going to be a lot more to it. But I feel like when Wecker turns, I think this is where the season, you know, will, you know, turn things around. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so this is, so next week is actually going to be our last uh, week talking about the Bad Bat weekly. Uh, because Loki starts, so as of next, so next week we're gonna do episode seven, and Loki is our main segment, and then we're gonna do Loki every week, uh, and then we'll come back uh, in uh, late August, and we'll talk about the rest of Bad Batch season one then. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Um, so let's move on to Ryan Last Dragon, shall we? Oh yes, let's move on to that. Before we talk about Ryan Last Dragon. Uh, I just want to talk about the short film that played before it. Us again. Did you watch this? Yes, I did. This. So like when I was at the cinema watching this and I was with, I was with a friend, obviously like this always happens when we watch it, when you watch Disney film, you always get those little shorts. And obviously we were like, Oh, is this the wrong film? And then we realized, and I just want to say this was such a beautiful short. 
Yeah. I, I, I thought this was fun. like so moving, you know, about kind of like, re- like, you know, remembering your youth and, and kind of like wanting to hold on to it and not feeling a- any kind of purpose, you know, when you're older, you know, did, I mean, what do you think of it? Yeah, I, I really like this one. Uh, it's just, you know, it was wholesome. Mm. Um, you know, like this guy who's very old and he wants to go back to like... He wants to party. Age. Yeah, he wants to party. He wants to go to that golden age of like jazz, you know, mm. jazz dancing. And, you know, it's just quite hard. It's, you know, he's trying to stay in the rain. And I really like that reference because uh, he's dancing in the rain and that's a reference to singing in the rain because you know mm. like there's a lot of people who are very happy to sing in the rain or dance in the rain so i i really like that reference I, yeah i think that's a reference yeah 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 i really like that one um and i really like the animation like it, it was dancing and it didn't felt like too uh too complex to follow but you can follow what you know like the dancing emotion you know how they feel and there's not even any dialogue which is you know always a bonus you know there's you tell so much without even saying a single word yes a bonus yes absolutely it's cinema yes Mm, yes wally at its finest ah well wally i mean come on what a film wally that that's that's a that's cinema right there you know animation and music together yes so yes, good, yes. absolutely yes. incredible. Um, so let's 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 dig into the meat of it, shall we? Let's talk about Ryan the Last Dragon. Uh, we've talked about the trailers before. I was really excited for this; thought it looked awesome. What do you think? Um, yeah, uh, I thought this was a good film to watch. Uh, great, uh, it's great uh, to watch, actually. Yeah, um, I was a bit worried at the beginning of the film, but mm. then progress better the, oh, the beginning of this film did that thing that i hate where it it spent like five minutes telling us everything we need to know about the world all the mechanics and then the prologue of the film repeats all of that yeah you know what i mean yeah. i was just like i know this already like just pick one like either tell us in a narration or like tell us via the plot you know yeah um yeah, I, I felt like the dialogue... I, I, I have to be nitpicky about the dialogue. Yeah. I felt the dialogue was a bit ramrod-like. It was not... It wasn't that good, but it, 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 this is a this is a, a children's film, so I... Yeah, I, you got to kind of let that go, I guess. Yeah, you kind of have to let that go, but I felt like, you know, having the, the, the dialogue... It, it, you know, it was a bit repetitive, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, it was this and that, but... Overall, the film was great. Uh, I really liked the animation. Uh, oh, the, I mean, the animation was beautiful. I think yeah, yeah, the animation. Out. Yeah, the mise en scène. Oh, the mise en scène. I really liked it. You know, so like good. in different locations, spine, yeah. um, heart. Fang, yeah, yeah. 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 There's there's probably there's a couple others too. But yeah, yeah each, each different kind of like kingdom has its own different kind of unique aesthetic. And I really enjoyed that you got to see them uh, you know, 
like Disney is so good at doing water. You got loads of really cool water action. You know, you got like some sand in there, some kind of like jungle areas, uh, a bit of um, mountainous regions and some snow. It's really cool to see different like action set pieces and just different kind of like um, opportunities for both the uh, visuals and the score to kind of uh, explore different places, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, and we, I really like the character designs as well. Um, you know, mm. just felt like it really fit into the in, in, into the film. You know, especially uh, Sisu, uh, the dragon. Uh, mm. So Sisu yeah. was Sisu was an interesting one. Um, I, I think. Ooh, I, th- I think I think I think she was a character who I kind of I liked her half of the time. You know, yes, she had this I, nice I, little. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. She had this nice little kind of like wide eyed wonder about her, which was cool. But I feel like sometimes it got on my nerves so much. It was like, okay, I get it. You're excited. You you know, you're happy and and you're a little bit, you know, um, you're not stupid, but you're a little bit, you know, again, wide eyed. You don't really know, you know, the kind of uh, the norm, but she's pretty stupid, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah. I did. I did feel like there's so many conflicts that are just, you know, base level. You know, you've already got a conflict here. You know, the main conflicts of getting the different parts of this orb. That is the conflict. You don't have to add in Sisu being stupid, you know, into the mix because that just kind of muddies it all up a little bit, you know. Yeah. And, and yet, at the end of the day, you know, it's necessary to kind of come up with some of the. Um, side characters you know uh it kind of you know uh you you need some of those moments to build up the the main cast but yeah i think like, at the same time you know yeah and i i, I really like the uh there was some really uh, good character developments but i wish there was a you know a lot more to expand upon because mm. i felt like it was a bit short especially with um raya and uh, I, I need to find. I need to find a fr- uh, the, the name of you know the villain. Uh, what? Sorry, what? The villain. Yeah, the villain. Uh, I've got. Mm. I've got name. No, right, I definitely just... agree. I think there was a really nice emotional core to the film. You know, a, a story of uh, friendship that then becomes kind of like ah oh, Namari. Namari, right? So like their relationship kind of starts off well and. And then it kind of turns. And I think there's an interesting story that they try to tell about redemption and it doesn't really work. They could have yeah. gone so much harder, but, but they didn't. And I think, you know, the, 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 the relationship between Raya and her father, between Raya and Sisu, but I feel like with Namari, it, 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 it was almost there, you know, in some moments it really made it, you know, where Namari sees, you know, uh, spoilers, by the way. Um, I don't think we said that up top, but uh, you know, when Namari kind of first sees Sisu, she gets this kind of new perspective that almost changes her mind. And I think what's interesting is, is Raya is, is a, you know, as a character is so flawed that she messes it up. You know, it could have gone so easily, but she she ruins it for herself by, you know, not trusting Namari and therefore getting Sisu killed. Um, yeah. And there's so yeah. much interesting uh, prospects for, for uh, development, but they didn't really go with that as much as I would have liked yeah um i'm just looking at the cast members uh so it's a good cast i'll definitely say that so 
I, I was surprised by this. Uh, uh, Verana, uh, the woman, uh, the the mother who, of Namari. Yeah. That's voiced by Sandra O. Oh. oh, really? Yeah. Wow, Invincible's own, brilliant. Wow, she's she's doing a lot of voice acting. She's she's everywhere. She plays every yeah. single role. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad for that. I'm glad. I'm yeah, glad. Um, yeah, I yeah. I can't remember his name, but you know the big uh, the brute. I guess oh, who they find. Yeah. That's uh, Benedict Wong. Oh yeah, what? That's yeah. cool. That's great. Isn't it? Oh yeah, I can I can see it now. I can hear his voice. It's, it's, a, oh. it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a definite. After everything that Kelly Marie Tran went through, yeah, after Last Jedi, after yeah. everything with Star Wars, which was horrible, everyone treated her oh, so horribly. Oh, she, she went Rise of Skywalker she was the through. nail was the nail in the coffin. They they did her character so dirty. I'm so glad that she now has got her chance to lead a film. You know, she she really you know she's such a good actress and she really sold she me is. on Raya. She is. She is, she is. Um, and she didn't she doesn't deserve the hate for, no, not you know, at all. for the character. It's it's Disney's fault, you know. They did everything for that character. <laughs> it's all Disney's fault. Yes. Blame on Disney, <laughs> not your knee. Disney. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. Again, I agree about like um Kelly getting the um getting the lead. And you know this is her time to shine, and I'm hoping that she'll be in more films because she's a wonderful actress. So. She really is. I, yeah. I agree. Um, there were so many moments with her, um, you know, quiet moments. I was specifically when her and all the rest of the characters, you know, they kind of mourn the losses of the pe- of of you know the people in their lives, whether it be their parents or you know their family or blah blah blah. Like there were just some really really lovely quiet. as an as an amazing moment I thought where they. They all put flowers in the water as a a, a kind of a way to um, commemorate those who have passed, and that was just so heartwarming. And a, a moment in a film when I was really like, this film could really hit me re- like incredibly hard if it used these you know scenes more to its advantage and less of the baby, the baby. I didn't like the baby, John. I didn't oh, like the, the baby. baby. Let's go. Sorry. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. I didn't like the, the baby, but the monkey. Hmm. Monkey. Ah. Monkey. Monkey. Um, monkey. Well, I, I think like I think all of the side characters are cute for a little bit, but they all kind of get a bit too much time to be stupid, like and goofy. Again, kids apart, film. Apart so. from apart from Tong, you gotta appreciate Tong. Which one was Tong? Benedict Wong. Oh, love love Tonk. Come on. Let's come on. Let's, come on. We we're He's not having <laughs> we're not having any slander towards Tonk over here. Um come on. Tonk. Yeah, he was very wholesome. Okay. Uh yeah. He's... Oh, you know, you know who was wholesome? Is it well, what's the name of the what's the name of the of, of her? Oh little Tuk, pet? Tuk Tuk. Tuk Tuk. Oh my god. Tuk Tuk was oh, so yeah, cute. By the way, Tuk Tuk was voiced by Alan Tuduk. Alan Tudick? Yeah. No way. Right. I'll I'll show you now. I'm gonna send you a message to it. What? I'm gonna send you a message. Yeah. This Alan, this. Alan Tudyk is an everything. And it's yeah, it's so strange. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that man. So uh he was obviously in um whatchamacallit, uh Rogue One. 
Yes, uh, yes, K2SO. and then he's in he's in so much. His voice acting is like, and he played Tuk Tuk. Tuk Tuk was so was so cute. Um, oh yeah, always, he, he was know. he was from Wreck It Ralph. No way. Oh yeah, yeah. A robot and I robot. He oh. played. He was in um, Wreck It Ralph two as the as the the thing. He was in Big Hero six and Zootropolis. He's in everything, man. It's so weird. He's like, in Deadpool two. He's in Deadpool two. Who's he? I feel like I remember him. Oh, was he a truck driver? No, I, I, what? Where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when Cable, when Cable comes to the, to the future, he meets these two truck, these two hillbillies. Oh, yeah. And one of them's Alan Tudyk. Yes. And one of them's and Matt, that Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. That was Matt Damon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. This is, we are learning so much about Alan Tudyk's career right now. Yeah, he he's okay. He's like the, the mysterious person in Hollywood. You don't really know <laughs> where he is, but oh, yeah. you know he's like the Stan Lee. He's like the Stan Lee of he's the like, Stan Lee. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Stan uh, Lee totally blended in, no one knew it was him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, wow, that's that's an amazing discovery today. Wow. Yeah, we've we've wow. learned so much. I would have I would have loved you know. I, again, it's just more of those quiet moments. If if the film really uh, emphasized the fact that Raya has lost her only kind of, you know, only has Tuk Tuk left, then you can, you know, have this idea of building a new family um, become a lot more, uh, I don't know, impactful. I feel like this is the, we talked about this when we talked about Soul. Soul was amazing, but the ending, you know, it was it was just kind of like the regular kind of fun and games, and it wasn't that, you know, it didn't have the punch that it could have. I did really like the ending of this film, though. Um, the idea they all put their faith in Namari and they all kind of, you know, uh, give that give her the chance to save everything, and the way that that kind of culminates in their sacrifices and the and the bringing back of the dragons. I loved the scene where all the dragons come back. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a really so cool magical. Moment. Yeah, um, and the the soundtrack I really like the soundtrack as well. The that soundtrack was wonderful. This is a uh, James Newton Howard, uh, who Wait, did. I didn't know about this. Yeah. Really? it's James. Newton- no I, way. I I was sat in the cinema and I said to my friend, "Wait, just let's not leave yet. I need to see who did the music because I think it's James." And it was. So if anyone doesn't know, he did the uh, Fantastic Beast films. Absolutely wonderful uh, scores for them. Uh, he co-wrote the music for uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. I want to say he's worked on Pirates of the Caribbean, um, but he has, like, really, you know, done some incredible work. And I, I loved his score in this film. Yeah, the score, it's wonderful. Yeah. I did not know that was him doing the... Oh, yeah. The, yeah, wow. Um, and, you know, this it, this is a very enjoyable film to watch, you know, mm. a, apart from the dialogue, some weird side characters and, you know, weird stuff. I thought this... This is a very fun film to watch, you know, like the animation, the soundtrack. Mm. And I really like the character developments in this one. But I wish we can just get to see more of the characters, you know, like. Yeah, those small moments. Yeah, like to expand upon like the history. But I felt like the dialogue, again, it was repetitive. Mm. And the beginning, the beginning, sorry, the, the beginning. Uh, the beginning of the film was I was a bit worried because I was like, oh no, is this is this gonna be because 
the dialogue was like feeding us. It was spoon feeding us. It, really, and, it was so expositional. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we, we, we get it. We get it. And, you know, like, and when uh, the other clans uh, or tribes uh, t- came together to eat and, uh, and they found out where the gem was, they, they just all took it by, by themselves and they just broke it. And I was like, you're stupid you could have you know <laughs> talked about it but yeah no. that was something of the ending that i thought you know the dragons are back raya is reunited with her dad all the characters are reunited with their parents and their families what it i feel like the film tells us the whole time that the, the humans in nature are bad you know and you know um cc's whole thing is that oh she doesn't believe that she believes humans can be good and as soon as the dragons come back and all the humans are restored everyone comes together again i feel like you've rewarded raya you've, the dragons are back she, she's got her family back so has everyone else i feel like then they shouldn't have had all the characters bring back together because i feel like that was a bit too far for me it was a step too much into the realm of you know, like perfect ending. Yeah, and I I wished that uh the the I don't know uh if the Sisu was dead because I thought that could like be, you know boosted the, the the character development for like Raya yeah. and like uh, Namari and then they could have like a farewell to uh, Sisu and I yeah. thought oh that that could be a, a bittersweet no. ending they, they shouldn't have brought her back I agree they 100%. revived her back like when you trying to revive your friends on Halo doesn't make any sense the other dragons were killed by the, the mist I can't remember what the mist is called the other dragons were killed by the mist so it makes sense that when the mist is fully defeated they come back it doesn't make sense as to why you know Sisu who was hit with oh, an arrow uh, the, mist, the mist were called um, Chum. yeah that's right um, it doesn't make sense that, you know, Cece was hit with an arrow. She should just be dead. And that should still be a point of contentment where the characters have to, you know, deal with what they did, you know, and learn from their mistakes. But there wasn't that. And that was that was frustrating to me. Yeah. I could have not done that. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they'd done something to expand upon on on Cece. I felt like mm. I, want, I wanted to have, like, Cece to be a very important character. But then... Uh, this whole thing, uh, the whole theme of this uh, of this film is trust, mm. and you know, again, at the beginning of the film, the tribe they don't trust each other, or the other tribes as well. Yeah, trust each other, you know, I feel like, like I feel like the, I feel like obviously the, the the right message is that obviously people can be trusted, and I think the message they should have said is, you know, trust is a is a process. If you if you establish at the end that all right yes we are going to trust each other but it's not that easy you've got to kind of start building the blocks you know you got to start building the bridge across you know if, if you have Raya and Namari make up even though they have still made that mistake and even though Sisu is still dead you know and then you can then you can imply that they are going to build those bridges and not just you know forget about it or or not just like immediately all be okay with it within the day it was odd how quick the tribes were like oh we're back to life all right off to heart here we go let's go everyone come on doesn't matter what you have to do let's just let's character development or something yeah I felt like they I wish they could you know work on more of the characters but anyway I felt like the film was enjoyable to watch um yeah action was great I I really enjoyed all the action scenes some great sword play in there yeah and I really like that um Mm. yeah the, the the fight scenes were great the animation wasn't too 
uh jarring or anything like that but i felt like it was like very very cool to watch um mm. yeah i yeah this is a very good film a very great film to watch so i agree yeah. so what are you giving out of 10 what are your final thoughts eight eight out of ten nice you um so i think i'm gonna give it seven i think it was so close to being awesome and I think there was just too much fun in games in there. Obviously, it is a kid's film and maybe ki- I hope kids will have more fun with it than we did. But just like cut some of that stuff out. The pacing would also become a lot better, you know. Oh, yeah. The with character. Yeah. Yeah. Replace yeah. it with character. Get rid of those fun in games and you could have a real, real solid film. You know, the likes of, you know, Zootropolis and Wreck-It Ralph, because those films had such good character, like, this is like the, the gold standard of, of Disney, like new Disney for me, the gold standard is, is when Ralph is, you know, flying down to the Coca-Cola mountain and he repeats the bad, um, you know, the, the, the bad uh, speech, you know, I'm bad and that's good. And he's holding the, he's holding the medal that she got him. That is what I want all Disney films to do. Like really, really hit me in the feels, you know? Yeah. I love uh, that I, scene. I, yeah, I, I love that stuff. You know, like it's it's a kids' film, but it's gonna hit you hard like mm. Wally. Like yeah. that. It's the three, stuff I remember. three words, fantastic Mr. Fox. Boom. Just <sighs> perfection. Absolute perfection. Yes. Wonderful. Yes, I yes, I remember. Yes. So good. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, so that's Ryan the Last Dragon. Yeah, that's we a very actually, a great film to watch. I recommend it to watch, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I just, think it's just watch it with your family. One. Yeah, watch it with yeah. your family. I, 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 I agree. Yeah, not one to watch on, on your own. Definitely, you have more fun with other people. Uh, and it's not our last in three weeks. So next week, we're going to be doing Loki, first episode of Loki. And then a week after, we're talking about Luca, the next Pixar film. That's coming to Disney Plus on the 18th of uh, June. And we'll, talk in, we'll be talking about that a few days later. So that's going to be great. Yes. And without further ado, let's move on to weekly viewing all right so let's talk about uh what i've been watching this week uh quite I, I know there's quite a lot of stuff that you've been watching so i'll uh i'll hand it off to you first and foremost uh tell me what you've watched so this week uh i've read infinite Ooh, crisis oh nice so yeah um infinite crisis so this was written by jeff johns mm-hmm. and other bunch of writers as well. Let me just get that because I feel like um, I need to give them credit as well. Uh, Infinite Crisis. Uh, you. So this was, I don't know the other names. There could be artists, but, uh, but I really like the art in this one. This was really good. So Infinite Crisis is set after all, all the other uh, stuff that happened during the the um the whole shebang in the DC universe, but this obviously is after uh, 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 Crisis on Infinite Earths, and I did not know this. Crisis on Infinite Earths was set way before um the Batman Nightfall trilogy thing, the whole thing that was before that. Oh really? So, yeah. So it wow, was what? there for the was early it, stuff. So was was Crisis on Infinite Earths eighty nine? I have a feeling it was. Some somewhere in that realm of, of possibility. Yeah. So yeah, that that was in that time period. I was like, whoa, really? I thought Nightfall 
was before that. But now, um, so quite uh, interesting. Interestingly, um, there was a bit in crisis, uh, crisis, uh, infinite crisis. Um, there was like um, a bit like all the like the other stuff that w- happened during the years on Earth One, uh, uh, like Batman breaking his back by Bane, um, uh, Wonder Woman killing uh, Maxwell Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the bad stuff that happened. So basically, the the story is that there's four people that are trapped in this realm, and they want to bring back Earth Two. Uh, so there's there's two people who are thriving to uh, uh, to find uh, to find Earth Two, but there's one two people. Uh, one who is trying to save the other person uh, who is dying very slowly, and they want some help. So this, uh, they take it for power. So uh, I did not know this, but there was like a prologue to uh, Infinite Crisis called Countdown to Crisis. But you don't really need that because that's just a little bit of a background to it. But uh, so there was a lot of great stuff that I really liked in this this graphic novel, uh, especially um, with with the Batman moments or... uh, uh, and and there was crazy stuff as there as well. It was a lot more bizarre than Crisis on Infinite Earths. But the problem with this comic was that the storyline felt a bit uh, master, ma- master, uh, uh, evil twirly master, uh, mustache twirly. There again, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, like you know the Ill, 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 evil villain. Ha ha! Yeah. Who was who was the villain? Uh, I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Fair so enough. fair enough. Yeah, uh, but those, uh, as I said a couple of weeks ago, there was a really good. Wait, wait I, I I know who the villain was. It was Warner Brothers. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, there was, as I said a couple of weeks ago, I said that there was like um characters returning, uh, uh and I really liked that. Uh, and there was uh, there was a lot of very surprising stuff in there, but. I just have I have the problem with the story. The story felt like it was trying to get up with Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm. but and there was a lot of problems with the characterization because in Crisis on Infinite Earths there was a lot more character characterization because it felt like more uh, emotional. Uh, you know, like a lot of people died in Crisis on Infinite Earths, yeah, and and it tried to top that, but then it failed. So mm. I was like, oh. Right. Okay, and uh, and then we got to see uh, Superboy Prime, and yeah, that, that I, I thought that was a little bit interesting, but then it kind of got a bit, you know, repetitive, a bit this and there. But I, I felt like uh, okay, I, I can get that along with this, but yeah, but there was really good stuff that I I, I liked in there, uh, really good moments. Uh, the writing, yeah. Yeah, I I I I like I kind of like the lighting uh, writing a little bit, but uh, I wish there was a lot more stuff to work on, especially with the characters and the villain, uh, and the, the storyline felt a bit too cluttered a bit. But uh, it was trying to top uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, so I give this a six or a five. So it definitely doesn't live up to the hype. No, it doesn't. Do you uh, think I, you'll I, then go on to read Final Crisis? Yes, of course, without a doubt. Because, of course. Um, the, uh, the person who wrote 
uh, final crisis was Grant Morrison. And Grant Morrison has written uh, a lot of Batman stuff, uh, especially there was a, a, an omnibus of like um, all the other stuff. So Final Crisis. And that is uh, the art. No, uh, the art of that uh, looks a lot like um, Jack Kirby's uh, art style. If you uh, if you look on the um, the cover, of it and there's like a lot of people saying that. Um, let me see. Let me see what they say. So Jack Kirby's uh, fourth world becomes Grant Morrison's fifth world. So apparently there's like a whole uh, thing with Jack Kirby like making worlds as well, and this looks devastating as well because. On the front cover, that this is no spoilers, but on the front cover of Final Crisis, you see Batman dead and oh. Superman holding uh, super, uh, dead uh, Batman's dead body. Wow. So, yeah, so this is going to be a very so. I'm pretty sure yeah. Final Crisis is the event that preludes Flashpoint, so preluding the um, New Fifty Two. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think oh, it kind I, of I... sets those events in motion. Yeah, uh, I'm like I'm excited to read that. Um, so, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, Christ, uh, Infinite Crisis. It didn't live, live up to the hype, but there was really good okay. stuff. Stuff as well. So six out of ten. That's it for me. What about good. you, Tom? Well, I've started. So as I mentioned before, uh, I've started uh, getting my teeth into some Spider-Man content. I've had a real hankering for some Spider-Man at the moment, and I've said to myself. I'm not going to be watching any of the films. I'm going to leave that until before No Way Home. I'm going to watch them all. We're going to do them for the pod, all that stuff. So what what do I watch? And, and I and I and I came across because um, a lot of a lot of video essayists uh, on YouTube, um, particularly Brown Table, talk a lot about spectacular Spider Man, right? Yeah. And, and I noticed it was on a uh, UK Netflix uh, season one. So I started watching it, and oh my god, it is. The perfect adaptation of Spider-Man. It's amazing. Uh, it's one of the. It's one of those kids shows that is so so intelligent. It has. I mean, immediately, you know, the voice acting is amazing. You know, Josh Keaton, who plays Spider-Man, Peter Parker, is you know so good. You know, at doing those quips and also kind of providing the. Um, emotions i think it's episode four or something there's a really amazing scene uh, um where peter uh you know kind of ponders you know you know whether he should continue being spider-man um and just in season one i'm at episode 21 out of 26 i think so i'm very nearly done season one but it's you know it's thrown so many um characters in the mix you know you've got loads of like peter's friends and you know like people in daily bugle and and, and villains but it, it doesn't feel you know obviously 20 minute episodes and it, but it never feels cluttered you know they introduce and they develop villains really well over the course of the season as well as throwing you know new ones in you know keeping it fresh and and you know they they don't forget about them as well they, they have them keep them coming up and like a a lot of them get arcs and and it's so good to see uh, so many spider-man villains and characters done justice in in such a in a light-hearted manner that doesn't ever forget about the weight of the character and you know never forgets about responsibility and and you know, all the things that i feel like some adaptations in the films have forgotten about this never does that it's so 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 good and on top of all that the theme song 
it's really cool and it, it's it's stuck in my head it'll never leave um i know that there's a second season i also know that it got cancelled and that people really want to see a season three and i can i can see why this show you know it does so well in developing its characters you know at the moment i'm kind of looking at flash thompson in the show and and it, the show is developing flash as a character you know something that you know is obviously done in the comics but a lot of Spider-Man adaptations don't really bother doing, but it's just doing the things that you wouldn't necessarily think are important that make it so much better. You know, it, it doesn't do the origin story, but it, it remembers, you know, great power of great responsibility. It remembers uncle Ben. It remembers all the things that are so, so vital to the character. And it's just good to get some Spider-Man content that doesn't fall flat at any point and really, really nails what the character is supposed to be. I loved it so much and I really hope that, um, you know, in the future, uh, it might be a pipe dream. I don't really know much about it, but I really hope that they make that season three because it would be it would be so cool. So, yeah, I've been watching that. Um, I'm really excited to watch season two. If I can get my hands on it, it's not on Netflix. I'll have to kind of figure out something else to do. But uh, yeah, it's so good. And I'd recommend it to any any Spider-Man fan. I think I'd give it a oh, I feel like I'm biased because I love Spider-Man so much. Um, um, I remember now that uh, have you read Spider-Man Life Story? No, I still haven't got it. Oh, you should! Yeah, I know, I know. Man. I really, really want it. You, you have no idea. I really do want it. Right, um, right. That, I will that's read it. it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you you today because it's that good. I, I'm, I'm gonna let you borrow it because you're, right. you, listen. I'll let you, man, I'll let you know when I'm finished uh, reading Saga because I've, I've, I've got a lot of that. I got the whole compendium, so I've got uh, a, a lot how, of issues. How, to how, uh, how much have you done with Saga? Uh, I'm I'm about halfway through, so maybe in oh, a week. Wait, or... Yeah, so in in a in a week or so, I'll I'll, I'll let you know, and I'll uh, I, I really want to read that one. Uh, how much is on Amazon? It's like Sorry. it's like thirty quid, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll get some time later. Yeah, you should. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I I love I do love a good Spider-Man comic though, and and Life Story is the one on the top of my list to read. Uh, obviously, oh, a couple of people now have been so recommending good, it to man. me yeah it's so good mm. like i have it on there and it's just an emotional story about spider-man's life and it's, ah ah man yeah i, 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 can, I can imagine i i really really want to read it um yeah so i think as a fan and as somebody who shills spider-man so much and consumes so much spider-man media uh definitely going to give it a 10 i think wow. critically I'd struggle to find something wrong with it, but I think I'd give it a a nine. I think maybe it does struggle to find itself a little bit towards the start. But once you get going, you know, I downloaded 10 episodes. I went away this weekend. Um, I downloaded 10 episodes to watch and I burnt through them so fast. And I was just like, oh, I got it. I, I got to watch more because it's so enticing. Um, it's amazing. Love Spider-Man. Love Spectacular Spider-Man. Fans should watch it. Everyone should watch it. It's awesome. What else have you watched this week? Um, I'm just trying to think what else I've watched. Right, so okay, I took down a trip on uh, down to memory lane, and uh-huh. on YouTube, I was thinking, hmm, it's the Kirby TV show on YouTube. So, uh, uh if you don't know this, uh, back there's a Kirby day, TV show. What's it called? <laughs> uh, right, so back in the day, uh, when I was younger, like um, nine or ten, uh. On the Wii, you could get this uh, thing called Kirby TV show, and mm-hmm. he had episodes. 
uh, like so many episodes on Kirby, and it, it, it was it was cheap. So yeah, and I watched the whole thing, and I was like, wow, this is great. So I took down Memory Lane, uh, trip down Memory Lane, and I was <laughs> took, like, wow, you took down Memory Lane, like Memory Lane is going down. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I watched it. I was like, whoa, this is so nostalgic, and like it just brings back like hidden memories about like watching the Kirby TV show. And I was like, wow, this is really good. Uh, so I recommend it. Uh, there's not a lot to expand it, but it's a, sh- it's a really good show to uh, get into. Like if you want to explore more about Kirby and it's quite emotional as well. Um, there's emotional standpoints about Kirby, where you farm and like, and it's, it's, it's really wholesome to watch if you want to. Yeah. So it's a great anime show. Um, and it's free on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it's free on YouTube. You can watch it there. Uh, and there's a lot of people who really love Kirby. Um, especially me. I I love Kirby. He, he's a great yeah, character. Uh, and my my favorite game on the Wii probably is Kirby Epic Yarn because come on. Yeah, Kirby we Epic we we talked about that. This is. I mean, I'm I'm blast from the past, but we talked about this on the episode, our fourth ever episode of the podcast. We did our favorite video games, and I remember you talking about it. Yeah, and it's just that good. Uh, yeah, you can talk, you can hear about that in the video game uh, ranking. So amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Tom. Well, it's funny that you mentioned taking a trip down memory lane because I did something very similar. Uh, I watched, so I didn't watch all of it because there's a lot, it's a, it's a long show, but I did watch what I would call the sit, no, the five essential episodes of Doctor Who. So obviously, again, I went away, uh, downloaded some episodes on BBC iPlayer, uh, and I downloaded one episode from each of uh, the Doctors before Jodie Whittaker. Anyone doesn't know, I'm not a fan of everything past Capaldi, but I did. So I, I downloaded my favorite, absolute favorites, Dalek, Human Nature, Family of Blood, 11th Hour, Heaven Sent, Best of Any Doctor, all those, all those best of all of their respective doctors. And Human Nature, Family of Blood is my personal favorite um, episode of all time. However, yeah. uh, they're all amazing, all incredible, had so much fun, tears, tears, so many tears, but I want to talk about 11th Hour. I want to talk about how oh, much oh, 11. Oh, now, no. Maybe maybe when Doctor Who does its 60th anniversary, we'll talk about Day of the Doctor on the pod or something like that. But I don't know if I'll ever cover Doctor Who in bulk. But I just want to say, oh, 20, take us back to 2010, I think it was. Uh, was it 2010 uh, when yeah, Matt Smith started? Yeah, 2010. It, it was I was seven years old and, and, and 11th hour. I remember exactly where I was, I was at a friend's house in London. And it... It's such an incredible episode. It it re it reinvents it, it, the franchise it's, for a new audience in the yeah, best and, possible way. Ah, oh, like it has that magic. Like it, it has so much magic. It's funny. Still, is funny. It has this fairy tale whimsy, but it is so emotional and so uh, the, like the, the fairy tale vibe to like the magic to it, and it's just like so. Oh, it's just like so much. It's I don't know why, but like watching uh, Matt Smith um, 
the doctor is just like so motivational to watch because he has so many important moments there is like that it's just it's so there's so much to discover like to talk about matt smith uh definitely uh, doctor like uh yeah uh, in his in his Uh, first episode he establishes himself as as good not even even maybe even better than Tennant. I know that people love David Tennant, but Matt Smith is my doctor. I will fight for him. And I, even season seven, I will fight for Matt Smith's Doctor Who forever. You know, there is this incredible scene where Amy has had enough, and she's like, "No, no, no! This is this is ridiculous." She 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 um, traps him to a car door, and he says, "Listen." you like you know like i am the person i say i am and if you don't believe that fine but you just gotta have to trust me for 20 minutes can you do that for me just 20 minutes and it's incredible that they have this amazing timer which saved the world you know it never you know it's never boring it's always like so fast-paced so amazing the music by murray gold it every single bit the way that it sets up the rest of smith's arc you know silence will fall all these amazing things and his entrance at the end when he asks the Atraxi, you know, is this world a threat? Are the people of this world capable of any, you know, crimes for the Atraxi? You know, is this world protected? And he comes out, hello, I am the doctor. Like just the, the amount of nostalgia that it fuels me with, but even with the nostalgia aside, it's amazing on its own right, you know? And, and I loved it. I just loved it so much. It's an incredible episode. And if anyone hasn't watched Doctor Who, it's a, it's an amazing uh, yeah. place to start. Uh, especially like the last episode, the Big Bang. Oh, uh, Big Bang's yeah. so good. Oh, it brings everything full circle. Like, it, it, it just works so well. And like, it, yeah, yeah, like, it's a full circle. And like the last episode when the Doctor's like, when everyone's forgetting about the Doctor and then he's talking to Amy while sleeping, like, yes, we are all stories in the end and like it uh, honestly incredible there's a bit at the end right at the end it does this coming soon and it it gives a trailer for the rest of season five and watching all of these incredible moments from the show and watching you know the best moments of what could be the best season of doctor who either that season one in my opinion and then watching listening to yeah go on uh, sorry, I, I didn't need to talk to you. Please go on. I was about to say something uh, like really, like without a doubt, I have watched every Matt Smith episode, eleven, uh, oh, like all eleven yeah. hour to the time of the Doctor. That's all the whole thing. Like every episode is just amazing. I'll tell mm-hmm. you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I, there's so much I love. You know, hearing in that in that end, like obviously people cry at emotional stuff, but seeing that trailer for the rest of season five, all those amazing moments and hearing Murray Gold's absolutely amazing. I am the doctor, the score. I am the doctor. I, I, I just cried. I honestly, it means so much to me. I just had to share how incredible I think that Matt Smith's doctor who is. And one day, not now in a, in a while, in a few years, I will rewatch it all. And I will yeah. have those feelings again. I'm not ready. Not ready just yet. I'm going to do it all. And when I say all, I, I mean all. Classic Who as well. You know, I've watched so much of the classic stuff. I'm going to watch all the essentials, all that. Um, but yeah. 11, 11th Hour is just my second favourite Doctor Who story ever. It's, yeah. it's incredible. It's it's that um, and then Human Nature. All It's so good. Yeah. And a, another episode that if you want to explore more, like 
the weirdness of Doctor Who is the God Complex. That episode, um, they're in. The, uh, if you don't remember this, they're in the hotel. And... Oh my God! Season six. Yeah, season six. Uh, off season, yeah, season yeah. six, and they are uh, they go in this hotel, and it's weird. It's it's it shows us the weirdness of Doctor Who, and it's just great. Mm. It's great to watch if you want to watch something like. Well, you know, I mean, you... I, I I don't remember much about that episode, but I will say if you want to watch an episode where people are trapped, Heaven Sent any day. Uh, Heaven Sent is an absolute gem. It's so good. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, Heaven Sent, like Peter Capaldi, it's like the example of like the smart Doctor Who, you know, Mm -hmm. like the smartest thing. And Capaldi is one of the best. Yeah, Capaldi, but Matt Smith, top tier. Top tier. I was in, I was in uh, a couple months ago, I was in, I was in um, politics class and I was wearing my Doctor Who the Experience t shirt. And I saw a lot of people from across the room looking at me during the break. And I was like, what? And they were like, you got a Doctor Who t shirt on. I love Doctor Who. And I was like, oh, yeah, Doctor Who's great. I was talking about it. And then they were like, I, I, di- I stopped after Smith. And I was like, oh, it's a shame. Why? And they were like, I didn't like Capaldi. And I was like, what? Capaldi is great. So what are you on about? And it, it, if anyone listening stopped after Smith, or even if people stopped after Tennant, I promise you, I promise you that, that everything from season one to ten there's so much good there. And if you haven't yeah. watched Doctor Who, watch it. I don't like season 11 or 12, but, you know, people do. So um, why? Yeah, I don't know. So, but people do. Yeah, so, season, like, you know, go for it. Watch it all. It's great. Yeah, season... Uh, yeah, it, it's great to watch. Um, season 10, I can't remember much of season 10. That's that's the season I can't really what, remember Capaldi's, much. Capaldi's final season? Yeah. Oh, that's got some good. The Doctor Falls is an absolutely amazing episode of TV. So good. That's the episode with the two masters. Yeah. Oh, World Enough and Time. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I could honestly, I could could just sit here and talk about Doctor Who all week. We we should do that. We should should. We should. Um, I'll see what's coming up and we'll we'll kind of schedule something in. But uh, let's. Uh, have you got anything else that you watched this week? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, what else? Uh, um, I'm trying to think, but I've started watching The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Oh, right. Okay. A classic. This, yeah, that's a, uh, another classic to uh, what a lot of directors and actors saying, like, the, one of the best films they've seen mm. and i've started watching it and it it looks great it looks great uh i won't review as much but because i've just started the film and you can't really you know judge something you haven't seen f- fully yet so yeah i agree yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it, it's, what about it's, you? It, it, oh, that is a film that a lot of people love it's weird i don't know if you saw but Zack snyder talked about he, he was influenced by the seven samurai and uh kurosawa films and then people on twitter started getting like talking about how those old films aren't that good just because he was talking about them and i have to say i don't know why that happens but like those are classics for a reason you know like there are a yeah. lot of those films that are just like absolutely amazing yeah like they really influenced hollywood they really did very- like yeah 
I I do not like Vertigo, but I see I see the influences. I see why people love the film, you know. And yeah, and like the directors, the influence of that, and they make it better, you know, like to have those experiences, mm. like in the cinema. And oh they my turn god! Into... Yeah. Did you see the trailer for Reminiscence? Oh yeah! It looks so cool, doesn't it? Yeah, like it looks like Jackman. yeah, it looks like Inception or something. Yeah, I don't it, know when that's coming like... out, but it looks great. Yeah, wait, wait, let me have a look. Uh, uh, who's getting it first? Who's getting it first? Who's getting it first? Who's getting it first? Uh, oh, shit. Uh, 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 oh uh, uh, got it, got it, got it. Got it uh, 18th of August. August, yes. 18th of August. I got it. August 20. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about that at some point. Yeah, listen, I'm so excited to watch that as well because that looks so like, cool. Like it's Blade Runner 2049 mixed with Inception. It is, yeah. Oh, it looks so cool. I love Hugh Jackman as well. Yeah, Hugh Jackman is is a phenomenal actor. So like Logan, if you see, oh, you have if you haven't seen Logan, hey, just watch wait, it. I can do better. I can do better than Logan, the greatest showman. Nah. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm obviously joking please please i'm obviously joking um yeah. right i'm gonna i'm talking about one last thing um that i saw at cinema and i just have to tell you i watched godzilla v kong oh no and uh, i i have a limited card okay so this was free so i didn't pay to watch this but, oh my god it was it was so i've seen every single one and i and i can officially say that they get this worse. The Godzilla's oh. my favorite, followed by Kong Skull Island, followed by King of Monsters, followed by Godzilla v Kong. Godzilla v Kong was so incredibly bad. I'll, I'll oh, give you, no. I'll give you some positives straight off the bat. The acting, the acting's good. The CGI is good. The score's good. That's about it. The diet, oh, no. the the plot is so badly structured. You know, it has this whole pointless subplot, which doesn't do anything other than to add ex- exposition. The characters are bet There are two characters who actually have character. Everyone else is just <laughs> exposition machine- machines. And the one thing that you want from a Godzilla v. Kong film, the one thing you want is for Godzilla and Kong to fight and it'd be cool. It wasn't cool. It- There's one shot and it's in the trailer, one shot where, where Kong clocks Godzilla on the jaw um, it, uh, in the very first fight. And I saw it and I was like, oh, this is about to get good. It didn't. The cinematography had, had no weight, had no scale to it. It was so no. flat. <laughs> it-, it was so like dead. And it was just like, I was watching all this CGI kind of wash over me, just thinking this is so bad. And it was, and everyone was excited for it. And loads of people like it. And I'm sorry, I really am. I don't understand it. I really, really hated it. It wasn't good like at all. I can give it a four out of 10. And it it's one of the worst films seen this year. Uh, it, it was, wow. it was, it was, it wasn't good. I didn't like it. Don't watch it. It's bad. Yeah. I know you're going to cinema later on today. Don't watch Godzilla v Kong. It's bad. Yeah. Right, oh yeah, that and that's uh, and that is all I've watched this week. So um, yeah, have you got anything else? Uh, no, uh, but I've got other films to watch. So um, uh, thankfully, I don't have anything that is uh too stressful or work on. But but I'm I'm all good. So brilliant. Yeah. So well, uh, yeah. next week we're going to be talking about Loki. Um, and Bad Batch episode seven. So, you know, we're back with the Marvel stuff. And then every week we'll do a Loki episode as our uh, sub-segment. And yeah, I guess without further ado, um, thank you everyone for watching. Thank you. Uh, if you like, 
Yeah, be so safe. It's not, yeah. It's, not, it's not time to be safe yet, John. Uh, <laughs> it's not time yet. It's time to like if you enjoyed the video. Um, give it a thumbs up. You know, comment below any of your thoughts on the films we've discussed. Uh, you know, watch your thoughts on Doctor Who, Godzilla v Kong, Ed, Ryan Last Dragon, Bad Batch, all that stuff. Comment down or email us at asnamfilmpod.com. If you enjoyed and want to see more, uh, we have another 40 pods that you can look at from the past or in the future. We've got, you know, Loki coming up, Luca, Black Widow, Fast and Furious. Um, and you can, uh, yes, yeah, so subscribe to us there uh, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at asnamefilmpod, where you can also get in touch with us there if you want. Uh, and yeah, and we'll answer your questions on the pod if you do email us. And yeah, I'm Tom Bourbon on Twitter. Comedy John forty two on Twitter. You don't even use Twitter anymore. I don't even know why we why we're still saying this. Uh, should we try? No. Okay, I think that's it. But if you want to, go ahead. Write some stupid comments. D- don't. But don't. <laughs> we do love it, we love stupid comments. Yes. Do we have hey, emails? Uh, we don't have any emails, unfortunately, not this week. <laughs> no. But hey, we are nearly, very nearly, on two hundred subscribers, which is really Let's cool. Let's go. Let's yes. do it. Um, and uh, our Mulan video. Remember our Mulan video, 2020's Mulan. Yes. Almost yeah. on 10,000 views. What? Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's on like 9,800 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. madness. Thank you, everyone, for that. And thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, be, safe. be safe. Be safe. Yes. Wear a mask and wash your hands and do that. All uh, oh, oh, that jazz. Yeah. Do it. But please be safe. If you want to go and see your friends, uh, do social distance. Yeah, and so, go to the cinema. Support the cinema. Do it. Watch yeah, stuff. Uh, buy tickets. Do yeah, cinema. Don't watch tickets. Godzilla v Kong, but watch Ryan Last Dragon. Yeah, okay. Cool. So, yeah, uh, that's that's it. So we will uh, see you next week. And uh, without uh, further ado, take what you're given. Get this back. Goodbye. Goodbye.